the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome into a Friday edition of Locked On Post. Glad everyone is with me. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. And make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. This part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. A little later on, we'll be talking about the possibility of Sean Gleason leaving Oklahoma State after just one year, as well as previewing tomorrow's game between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. But we need to start with the Canadian flag emoji. That's right. I cannot think of a time that a flag emoji has generated quite the buzz around Oklahoma that the Canadian flag emoji generated last night, as it seemed like just about every member of the Oklahoma State football roster was tweeting the Canadian flag emoji. Spencer Sanders tweeted it out. Tylen Wallace tweeted out the Canadian flag emoji, paired it with some googly eyes. Colby Harvell Peel, Jarek Bernard, Trey Sterling, the uh, the safety trio there. Patrick McCoffman tweeted it out with a little... Uh, Crazy face emoji. Kima Severan tweeted it out. Matt Hembro, Brendan Evers with some googly eyes. Kenyon Williams, Larry Joe Bear, Kevin Henry. It, it was almost everyone tweeting out this Canadian flag emoji, which obviously points toward Chuba Hubbard. And what I thought was most interesting was Amen Ogbong Bamiga, who is in Canada. Likely with Chuba Hubbard. I don't know if he Chuba Hubbard are hanging out every day in Canada. I'm sure I'm sure that they're seeing their families, doing things of that nature. But Amen Ogbongbamiga had a very interesting way of tweeting out the Canadian flag emoji. He tweeted the pin, as in dropping your location, the pin and googly eyes. Basically, that was his way of tweeting out the Canadian flag emoji. And, and look, I don't want to be the guy who gets your hopes up and has them crushed, but let's read between the lines here and let's connect the dots. I feel like we're programmed as Oklahoma State fans to not expect good things to happen to us because usually they don't. Usually whenever it seems like something can go wrong for Oklahoma State, the exact opposite happens. See Quinn Sharp's field goal being ruled no good and the BCS putting Alabama into the national championship game that year. Um, Just, you know, for starters, see – Des Bryant and his beef with the NCAA, um, you, you know, just kind of one thing after another. See last year's golf national championships where Oklahoma State wins stroke play by a billion shots uh, and then loses in the second round of match play. Just time after time, I feel like these things have conditioned us as Oklahoma State fans to not expect good things to happen because we don't want to get our hopes up and then be crushed. I, I'm telling you, I've thought all along that Chuba Hubbard was going to the NFL. It doesn't make any sense for his teammates to do this last night if he's not coming back. They're his teammates. They've spoken with him. They know what's going on. This strongly leads me to believe that Chuba Hubbard will be returning uh, for his final season at Oklahoma State, which would give the Cowboys Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace all coming back. Now, that doesn't automatically make the Cowboys national championship contenders. Uh, You know, it certainly launches them into the Big 12 race. Let's keep in mind, this would be all the same players uh, who did lose to a Texas team this year that went 6-6, 7-5. What Texas go? 7-5 probably. Um, And then won the bowl game against Utah. Um, This is still a team that was struggling 
And even with all three of those guys, lost to Texas Tech and lost to Baylor at home. So it's not a fix-all. It doesn't automatically make Oklahoma State a top five or ten team in the country. But what it does is it allows them to bring back the absolute most talent they can possibly bring back on both sides of the ball, which whenever you consider the grad transfers, Josh Sills on the offensive line is a huge get from West Virginia, should be a plug-and-play starter. I'll be interested to see what Colin Clay can do coming over from Arkansas. It allows Oklahoma State to absolutely maximize the amount of talent they can put on the field next year, which will allow them to compete in the Big 12 Conference, a Big 12 Conference that should be wide open. I'm telling you right now, today, Friday, January 3rd, get your hopes up. I think Chuba Hubbard is coming back. All those tweets have to mean something. It's not random. I'm telling you, I think Chuba Hubbard is coming back. At this point, I would be very surprised if he ends up going to the NFL. So for whatever that's worth, worth just one man's opinion. But but what took place last night on Twitter was not random. It, it means something. And I think what it means is that Chuba Hubbard is returning to Oklahoma State. I'm Colby Powell. Glad you're with me. Going to take a break. Come back. Talk about Sean Gleason on the other side. What his potential departure could mean for the Oklahoma State offense. Stay with me here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me on this Friday. Hope everyone has good plans for this weekend. Uh, I was actually, so my wife and I were supposed to go to Tulsa last weekend with her family, my in-laws, to uh, celebrate Christmas. And I got just terribly, terribly sick late last week. So we ended up not going. So we will be heading up to Tulsa this weekend to celebrate Christmas. Looking forward to it. It, uh, it, it was Awful being sick last weekend, but it kind of extended Christmas for another week. So got that going for us, which is nice. So hope everybody has uh, good weekend plans and uh, has a good time. Uh, I'm still furious that the national championship game is not being played Monday, by the way. That is just a disaster for college football that we're waiting 16 days after the semifinals to play the national championship. But we all need something to complain about, and that is what I will complain about today. Uh, All right. Sean Gleason, reported this morning by Bruce Feldman, is a strong candidate to become the new offensive coordinator at Rutgers. Rutgers, obviously, in the Northeast. Um, Gleason is from New Jersey. That's his place. Makes sense for him to go back. Don't lose sleep over losing Sean Gleason to Rutgers. This is not a bad thing. Uh, Sean Gleason, he's fine. Nice guy. Offense was fine. It was. It was all right. Passing offense was, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I want to be, um, you know, diplomatic here. Abysmal? Is that a fair word for the passing offense? What, what was the passing offense this year for Oklahoma State? Was it just go routes and fades? Was that it? Screens? Go routes, fades, screens? That's it? Worked the middle of the field very little. Jelani Woods seemed like he could have been a really good player this year, No. Seemed like maybe he should have touched the ball more over the middle of the field. No? Am I the only one who thinks that? Logan Carter had the one touchdown catch in the, I forget what game, Kansas State maybe? Where where, where was he the rest of the season? Why weren't the tight ends slash cowboy backs more involved? Why was Dylan Stoner not more involved before Tylen Wallace went down? How could Oklahoma State not figure out more ways to get the ball into Braden Johnson's hands in space? 
a la quick slants whenever you've got Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard in the backfield, ma- making defending the running game a nightmare for opposing defenses. Again, Sean Gleason's fine. The offense wasn't bad. It's not like the offense fell off a cliff and they averaged 15 points a game. No, 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 that wasn't the case. But he's just fine. No 300-yard passing games for Oklahoma State. <coughs> Pardon me. No 300-yard passing games. Red zone offense was abysmal. Goal-to-go offense was abysmal. It, it's not a bad thing if Sean Gleason moves on to Rutgers, which likely allows you to keep Casey Dunn on staff. There have been Todd Monken rumors. I still think that's a little bit of a pipe dream to have Todd Monken come back. But what would be wrong with Casey Dunn becoming the offensive coordinator? Casey Dunn at Oklahoma State has been through – somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember all the offensive coordinators he's been through. Uh, Todd Monken, Holgerson – Yersich and Gleason, I might be missing somebody in there. I'm not sure if I if I am. Somebody let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J Powell at Locked On Pokes. This is off the top of my head, so let me know if I'm missing somebody. So Casey Dunn has watched this offense evolve over the last decade. Casey Dunn has seen what this offense looks like with different styles of quarterbacks. Brandon Whedon, Clint Shelf, Wes Lunt, Dax Garman, Mason Rudolph, Taylor Cornelius, Spencer Sanders, Drew Brown. He's seen what the offense looks like with all these different guys. What would be wrong with promoting somebody on staff? That, to me, seems like a lot better hire than going to Division Three or to the Ivy League and hoping that you can pull somebody in that won't get hired away in a couple of years. Promote the guy who's been on staff. Give him a chance. Maybe he'll be a great offensive coordinator. I, I would not lose any sleep over Sean Gleason leaving Oklahoma State for Rutgers. He's from the Northeast. If he wants to go back, let him go back. Let him go back. I, I think that the Oklahoma State offense, in my opinion, would be in better hands uh, with someone else calling the plays. I just, you know, again, Gleason was fine. I gave him a six yesterday on a scale of one to ten. Had to because he had the nation's leading rusher, and, and, and you deserve some sort of credit for that. But all in all, uh, I think that there are a lot of people out there who can operate the offense better than the way it was operated this season. All right. Uh, we'll see what happens with that over the next week. Again, like I said, I would imagine by next Friday, we will know for sure who uh, will be Oklahoma State starting running back next year and who will be the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys next season. I think we will know that information by one week from today. Going to take a break. Come back on the other side. Preview Oklahoma State and Texas Tech tomorrow at 11 o'clock in Lubbock. It's coming up next. Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. We're wrapping up this uh, holiday week. Should be to a little more regular schedule next week here on Locked on Pokes. The holidays throw everybody off. Uh, I've been confused as to what day it is all week. No one knows. No one knows what day it is. Uh, But it's almost time for the weekend, Then maybe we can get a sense of normalcy back in our lives after the holiday season has come to an end. Um, Glad everyone is... With me, appreciate everyone listening and contributing. Hit me up on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. Send me your predictions for tomorrow's game against Texas Tech. Let me know what you think about Cade Cunningham's uh, between-the-legs dunk the other night in the televised high school basketball game in which they beat the number four team in the country. I believe it was 77-32. to 32. Uh, We'll see if Cade Cunningham's uh, team, Montverde Academy, has any close games that they play this season. Uh, that, the potential loss of Sean Gleason, Chuba Hubbard potentially returning. I want your thoughts on all of it at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. All right, let's look ahead to tomorrow's game. 
against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. This is a big test for Oklahoma State to start the non-conference. Oklahoma State obviously undefeated with Isaac Likely in the lineup this season, but we also saw when he went out, the Cowboys get a little bit exposed, particularly against Minnesota. Uh, the, the defense in that game was just atrocious, and uh, Oklahoma State got rolled. Mike Boynton even acknowledged yesterday, uh, after their practice yesterday morning, he spoke with reporters. He acknowledged that that was kind of the one hiccup in the non-conference where he didn't feel, feel like his team really competed. Uh, and he also talked about yesterday, you know, in an attempt to prepare the Cowboys for the matchup in Lubbock, pumping in crowd noise in gallagher Iba, and, and he was honest. He said, quote, some of them didn't handle the, the piped-in crowd noise very well, and that's okay. That's why you do it today, and hopefully have an opportunity tomorrow to come back and watch the film and figure out why, how, and what to do to make sure it's better. Now, that that's something that a lot of coaches do, but uh, Mike Boynton said that that was the first time this season that he has pumped in crowd noise at practice for Oklahoma State. And obviously, uh, first time you've probably really needed to. The, the game against Houston, probably the closest thing you've had uh, to a, a hostile crowd, but that's exactly what it will be tomorrow in Lubbock. It will be a hostile crowd, a, uh, a loud, raucous crowd for the Red Raiders, the national runners-up. As far as on the court, it'll be Jameis Ramsey that Oklahoma State has to watch out for, as well as David Moretti. Ramsey averages nearly 18 points and five rebounds per game, uh, one-and-a-half assists, one-and-a-half steals. He's incredibly efficient. Efficient from the floor, shoots at 50% from the floor for a guard, and shoots at 46.3% from beyond the arc, and he's averaging a couple of attempts per game. Uh, he's aver- actually averaging, let's see, he's averaging, actually averaging almost three and a half attempts per game and shooting it at 46%. So keep an eye out for Jameis Ramsey tomorrow in that one. David Moretti as well shoots it at nearly 39% from beyond the arc. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Jameis Ramsey uh, will be wearing number three. So if you're looking out for him, he'll be wearing three. And then David Moretti will be wearing 25. So three and 25 are the two big ones to watch out for. Also, Terrence Shannon Jr. and Kyler Edwards average in double figures. And then TJ Holyfield is just behind him at nine and a half points per game. Uh, the other key minute getter for the Texas Tech Red Raiders is Chris Clark. Those six guys all averaging uh, 22 minutes or above. Uh, The only players averaging more than 30 minutes for the Red Raiders are David Moretti and Kyler Edwards, both averaging nearly 32 minutes per game. No real big-time shooters uh, for the Red Raiders aside from uh, Jameis Ramsey and David Moretti. You look at guys who are playing four, uh, fewer minutes, uh, a guy who's only attempted 10 three-pointers in 12 games, Avery Benson. He's, he's made six of the 10 that he's attempted, so take that for what it's worth. Maybe he gets 8-10 minutes off the bench, and you have to watch out for him launching one up because he can shoot it a little bit. But Ramsey and Moretti are going to be the two guys to watch out for, obviously. Texas Tech uh, – Good, not great season to this point. They did beat the number one team in the country, Louisville, at Madison Square Garden. That's the marquee win so far for Texas Tech. That was, though, coming off of a three-game losing streak against Iowa, Creighton, and DePaul. Uh, They lost to Iowa in regulation by double figures, but then lost to Creighton and DePaul in overtime. Uh, the, the other games that they've played, aside from the game against Louisville, were all pretty much just railroading bad teams. Southern Miss was the next closest at 71-65. to 65. So this is a good Texas Tech team. National runner-up a year ago. Chris Beard is a phenomenal coach. So Oklahoma State will have its hands full tomorrow. Uh, Isaac Likely leads in scoring for the Cowboys, followed by Lindy Waters and Yorane. Those are your three double-figure uh, scoring guys for Oklahoma State. Uh, another interesting part of the matchup with Texas Tech tomorrow, and this is something to watch for with Yorane and how he 
handles this. Texas Tech does not play a true big man. Texas Tech, uh, they, they do not have a true center in the starting lineup. The, the only true center on their roster averages 6.6 minutes per game. You look at TJ Holyfield. He, he's a, a forward for Texas Tech. He's 6'8", 225. He's, he's probably playing a lot of minutes at the five for Texas Tech. Uh, I mean, aside from that, we're, we're looking at uh, lengthy, rangy guards. Jameis Ramsey, 6'4", 195 pounds. Uh, you know, that's kind of what Texas Tech is going to give you. Terrence Shannon Jr., 6'6", 210 pounds. Uh, you know, that that's what you're looking at with Texas Tech. So, Chris Clark, 6'6", 220 pounds. So, how does your NA uh, adjust? Does Oklahoma State force Texas Tech to play on its terms and defend your NA in the post? Or does your NA struggle to defend the perimeter, struggle to defend some of these smaller, quicker, rangier guys, and uh, th- does that cause him to get in foul trouble, which we've seen happen with Yorane. I-, I think that's the big uh, f- key, the X factor for this game is does Oklahoma State force Texas Tech to play big and match up with Yorane, or is Oklahoma State forced to match up with the smaller, uh, m- more quick lineup of Texas Tech. That's certainly something to watch out for tomorrow. My prediction, look, it's tough to predict a win in Lubbock. Texas Tech is just a really, really sound basketball team. They beat the number one team in the country by double digits a couple of weeks ago. I do think Oklahoma State is competitive, but I think in the end, Texas Tech gets the win. I'll call it 71-64. Texas Tech takes down Oklahoma State tomorrow in Lubbock before the Cowboys return to Stillwater for a matchup against West Virginia. Glad everyone was with me. Send me all your thoughts on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to another edition of Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.